Well, good morning. Good morning. It's May. The sun was just shining a minute ago. Maybe it'll come back and visit us. We're so glad you're here with us this morning. Whether you're here in person or you're part of our live stream, you can all wave at our friends that are watching. If you're part of that group, welcome, welcome. And if you're on the aisle and you can find that friendship register, sign in, or the e-register if you're virtual, and sign in. And it's so helpful for us to know who's worshiping with us this morning. Well, if you were here last week, we had quite a Sunday, didn't we? The congregation voted and affirmed its next senior pastor, Sean Bowalski. Sean and his family will be moving to Grand Rapids this summer from Beijing, China, and he will start here at Mayflower in August. Super, super exciting. If you would like to meet Sean, you can check out your bulletin for some opportunities this week to get to know him a little bit better. So we had a fabulous Easter two weeks ago, so I want to thank all of you who are part of making the outdoor service and the indoor service so special. It is in this post-Easter time that we're engaging our next preaching series, which is titled Parting Words. We're going to be focusing on the parting words Jesus taught after the resurrection and before his ascension. We will conclude this series on June 5th which happens to be Pentecost, also happens to be the date of our annual meeting. So please mark your calendars and be with us for sure on June 5. So for other news regarding all the things happening around here at Mayflower, please welcome Rachel Cooley. Good morning. There are two announcements I would like to draw your attention to there in the bulletin. The first is Art Camp. We have begun registration for an all-new week of art that we are partnering with our outreach partners. We are excited for um, the opportunity for our children to explore all the different forms of what art is. You can sign up online there. And the other is... Another outreach partner of ours, New City Neighbors, is having a garden plant sale. I went one week ago to grab a tomato plant, and I had to repot it. It got so big. So um, if we could support New City Neighbors in their plant sale next Saturday and the Saturday following, a plant like this, they're selling three for $10. So all that information you can find in your bulletin. Today's music reminds us that Easter goes beyond Easter Sunday. Starting with our introit for, the, for this month, today's the first day we will hear this, Now the Green Blade Riseth, talks about love has come again and love is here and springing out of the earth. The opening hymn, Easter People Raise Your Voices, the third verse begins with Every Day is Easter. That is the text that we'll be singing. And the offertory anthem, just a joyful reminder of Easter being with us all the time. And the Father is dancing and we are dancing and our joy is overflowing.
It's been two weeks since Jesus had come back from the dead. I tried to imagine what it would feel like to be one of the disciples. Did they wake up each morning wondering if Jesus would still be there? Did they cherish their time with him each day even more than before he died? Or did they, like us, begin to get back into the same routines and just assume that Jesus was going to be back for good now? As we begin our service this morning, may we take this hour to truly make a difference from the rest of our days. May we sit in God's presence with awe and peace. May we truly worship together as people who believe in Jesus and love him with all that we are. Let us pray together. Holy One, we are Easter people. Thank you that the fear of death can no more stop us. Please be with us as we study the words you taught after your resurrection. Lead us to be the kind of disciples who reflect your love and truth to those we encounter. With praise and hearts full of gratitude, we pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.
At this time, I'd like to invite all the children worshiping with us to come forward for the children's message. Good morning. It is so fun to see all of you this morning. Come on up, friends. So I have a big dog, and big dogs need lots of walks. So these days, when I am walking through the neighborhood, I see all sorts of flowers. So I have two samples of the different flowers that I see. I see this pink flower, and I see this yellow flower. And both of these flowers are so beautiful, and I just love seeing them, but there's something very different about them. So I'm going to push, I'm going to send this one around real quick. Everyone take a big sniff. Can you smell anything? Sniff? Yes. Just sniff. You smell anything? No. No. All right. Okay, I won't make it smelly. Okay, this flower does not smell. Now this one, can you smell anything? This flower smells so much that I sometimes can tell this flower is coming before I can even see it. And it makes me think, Luke, you want to smell it? It makes me think this is what it's like to have Jesus in your heart. That all people are so beautiful. All the flowers that are out are so gorgeous. But when you have Jesus in your heart, people know it. There's something different about you. You're kind. You're loving. And you kind of smell a little different that people get excited to see you and to be around you. So as you're walking through your neighborhoods this spring, try to see if you can smell any of these pretty flowers and make it remind you of what it's like to have Jesus in your heart. Will you pray with me? Lord, we are so thankful for you being our Lord and that we can ask you to come into our heart And that we then can be people who love others, and we can be your sweet, sweet fragrance everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends, we have some new friends with us. So we are going to dismiss first our, if you are three, four, or five years old, I'm going to have you stand up. Okay, come on, stand up if you're three or four or five years old, and you're going to come with Mrs. Coster to Bible Beginnings. So we're going to go right this way. All right, buddy, you want to come this way? And then if you are older than that, you are going to stand up, and you are going to go with Mrs. Weiner downstairs to Bible Alive. And all the children can be found downstairs in the youth rooms. Perfect. You go right here.
Good morning. The reading for today can be found in the Pew Bible on page 769. It's from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is the word of the Lord. The last words are important words. And people who we respect and honor and follow, their final words become quite important to us. As Ruth has said, between now and the Pentecost Sunday, we will be looking at <clears throat> the final, the parting words of Jesus. The words spoken from Easter to his ascension. And today we go back, <clears throat> excuse me, we go back to Easter evening. As we sang, every day is Easter to those who follow the risen Christ. So we go back to that evening. And the first words of the risen one to the disciples gathered together. You remember on Good Friday, they all ran away. The women stayed. The women went to the tomb on Easter morning. But the disciples, they're cowering behind locked doors. Now, we need to kind of feel what that must have been like. Annie Dillard, in a book called Teaching in a Stone to Talk, has these wonderful words. She challenges the, the comfortable nature in which we Christians so generally and casually worship the living God. She says, it's madness to wear ladies' straw hats and velvet hats to church. We should all be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should issue life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to our pews. For the sleeping God may awake someday. And take offense. Or the waking God may draw us out to a place from which we can never return. <clears throat> On that Easter evening, some Jesus followers found out firsthand that the sleeping God did awake. That the dead Messiah is risen. And it would change everything about the present and the future for them. 
they would be, um, or theirs would be a life of crash helmets and life preservers from then on. So the scene is in what's called an upper room in Jerusalem. The doors are locked, bewildered, befuddled, and very nervous disciples of Jesus of Nazareth are huddled together. And Jesus breaks into that hiding place without using a door or some secret passageway. There he is. The last they saw him, he was dead, thoroughly and completely dead on a Roman cross. While they try to catch their breath of what's happened, now he's there. Figure out what's going on. Jesus speaks four short and sharp sentences to them. Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Wow. There's just a lot to think about and ponder in this one of the parting words of Jesus. Peace be with you. He will say it twice in those brief statements. That's the customary Hebrew greeting, even today, shalom. Jesus speaks these words to lives that have been recently just ripped apart by turmoil, conflict, and heartbreak. It would be a little bit like our, our saying to someone whose life was, was absolutely trashed with tragedy. They're there. It's going to be fine. But shalom, it means more than peace. The English doesn't have a good enough word to fully enfold it. Most people will use the word wholeness. A wholeness that flows out of a right relationship with God, with self, with others, with all of creation. The disciples will discover that the risen Christ is pointing them to a wholeness in the midst of a broken world. The world isn't healed. It's the same. But they now have a wholeness. Because Christ is alive. In this great, great mystery that life interrupts death, God incarnate breathes life and peace shown into us. And that peace, that wholeness, It transcends empires and emperors, nations and kings. Wholeness made possible by the God who made heaven and earth and who conquered death. Peace. Shalom.
And then a matter of mission. As the Father sent me. In that way, I am sending you. It's not merely a command, it's a model. As I have been sent, now I am sending you. So it calls us to look at the nature of Jesus' mission. And I want to just share three words. And these these words come from the study of one of my theological, biblical heroes, John R.W. Scott. I heard him preach um, in this passage many, many years ago, and he focused on this mission of Jesus. And here was his outline. The mission of Jesus was central to all that he is. It was compassionate in all ways, and it was costly to the core. Central. Mission occupied the central place in Jesus' life. Deep in his self-consciousness, Jesus carried the knowledge that he was sent into the world on a mission. And he announced that at the very beginning, at the outset of his ministry in his hometown synagogue of Nazareth, he has sent me, Jesus said, to bring good news to the poor. To proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed. Repeatedly in his ministry, you would hear Jesus say, he sent me. He sent me. Now he says, I am sending you. It was the anchor of his life. As it should be the anchor of life in the church. We are sent into a broken world. By Jesus Christ. A church without a mission. Well, it's just a social club. Fighting for the status quo. But Jesus' mission will turn the world upside down. And send his followers out with his shalom. It is central, this mission. And it is also compassionate. The ministry of Jesus was a ministry of compassion. Again and again in the Gospels, we read the words, Jesus was moved to the depth of his being with compassion. When compassion is aroused, it is human need. It's what you see in the need of the world that causes The compassion to rise. And out of compassion for the people, Jesus acted. He preached the gospel. He taught people. He fed the hungry. He cleansed the leper. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. Now, there are some people who see the character, the core quality of God as lawgiver, rule enforcer, judge. Now, there is that aspect to God, to be sure. But Jesus saw the core as a God of compassion and grace. And 
And he acted in compassion to the world around. It was central, compassionate, and costly. Oh, so costly. In the mystery of the Christ event, God came into this world not to rule and reign, not to sightsee and bask in luxury, but in his own words, to give his life as a ransom for many. Here is the great mystery that we can ponder every day of our life and ask God to lead and direct and motivate us in compassion around this truth. Jesus took our nature, lived our life, tasted our sorrows, felt our pain, experienced our temptations, bore our sin, died our death. Costly, costly indeed. Peace. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If those disciples were to move out of that room and to have any impact upon their world, they must receive the Spirit of Christ. He will go with them. And this will unfold, of course, in the book of Acts. And on that day of Pentecost that we come to in a few weeks. The power of the Holy Spirit joins the peace of Christ. That is essential to his mission. That is essential to his life. And then there is that fourth statement about forgiveness. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. There can be no church without a mission No mission without a message. And no message that is not linked to forgiveness. Our message is wound tight around the good news of the forgiveness of sins. I just want to say that when I when I put myself before that verse those words of Jesus that I just read. I find them astounding. I find them humbling. And I find them difficult to grasp. What does it mean? We don't provide forgiveness. I don't provide forgiveness. Forgiveness, God does that. 
But our forgiving heart or our unforgiving heart, somehow God's forgiveness is tied to that. And I say, I don't understand it. But I want to live before it. I'm humbled and humiliated that my response to others, my forgiving heart, my unforgiving, may block the forgiveness of God from reaching others. So I want to throw my heart and my life open before the risen one. I want to grab my crash helmet and my fire extinguisher and let him breathe peace, wholeness, into my soul and then engage in a mission like his that is central, compassionate, and costly. And as I do, I want to open my heart every day to the Holy Spirit and walk out into the world with a message and a life of forgiveness. As we continue today, let us prepare our hearts to meet the living one who invites us to his table, a table of forgiveness and life. A story was shared with me this week that involved a Jeep in need of a new engine that was stranded in the UP. Just before pulling away to return home and figure out how to get the car fixed, a red pickup truck came by them and a man hollered out, are you the ones in need of an engine for that Jeep? I have a Jeep that same year and the only thing that works on it is the engine. I'd like to sell it to you for $300.
The exactness of God's provision to us is so beautiful and amazing. As we give our offerings to God this morning, may we continue to thank him for all that he gives back to us.
may be seated. So for communion this morning, we are going to invite you in a few moments in our liturgy to come forward to receive the elements. Last month, we did it a little differently. We're keeping you on your toes. So when we get to that point in the liturgy, the ushers will release by rows. If you would like to stay seated, the ushers can bring you the elements. If you would like to stay seated and prefer not to receive communion, that's fine too. And so without exception, all are invited to come to this sacred meal. Jesus has taken the crossroads that led to Calvary. May the reality of his love poured out for us find a deep place of meaning in your soul. Here in this place and here in this time, we offer our praise and our love to God for the gratitude for the feast before us. So, Lord, with all your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name with the unending hymn. And now we continue to lift our voices to you, O Lord, in the great thanksgiving. Let us pray. Gracious Creator and Redeemer, you've called us to be your people, your Easter people. We come to the table today knowing that you are present with us. We ponder the body and blood and ask that we would be nourished by the love poured out on Calvary. As we partake now of these gifts, we remember that greater love has no one than this, that one would lay down their life for a friend. Thank you that we can call you our friend, and we give you the glory for your amazing grace. In Jesus' most beloved name we pray. And on the night he was betrayed... Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks for it. And then he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. When you take and eat this, you do this in remembrance of me. And then he likewise took the cup 
And he said, this is my blood poured out for you. When you drink it, remember me. Ministering to you in the name of Christ, we offer this bread and this cup. You may come forward.
as we have as we have been to the table of the Lord. Let us now share together in the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord of mercy be with us as we go in peace from this place today. May you go into the world as Jesus came into the world. May our lives be marked by compassion, sacrifice, and passion. May we be a people of resurrection. Amen.